It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. It was like you know, in Croke Park and Cork winning the All-Ireland for me. The massive problem we have in this country is the shadow economy, the black market. Everything can be controlled, and that's the job of the government. I just wanted to give back. We're all going to be old someday. It's nice to know that there's someone looking out for you. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ. That's the story that made me smile this morning The the Mangan's clock story Where (laughs) they took it down to fix it And they found a slitter inside it That's brilliant And I think I read in the paper that They're now looking for the owner of the slitter If you hit Mangan's clock with a slitter Back in the day uh, They have it for you It's fresh and clean as the day it came out of the sports shop Brilliant story. Love that story. Talk about stuff taking off, by the way. Yesterday we were talking, chatting about cashless businesses and whether you should have the choice and all. That flipping thing took off on my Twitter overnight. People fighting like, like two Scotsmen over a fiver uh, on my Twitter about cashless cork. The cashless fiver, of course, between the two Scotsmen. And we'll come back to that because loads of comments held over as well from yesterday. But first, this landed yesterday afternoon and you read it and you read it again and then you read it again and you went what exactly did I just read staff at a sports shop in Cork subject to searches for management that's okay that happens that does happen in a retail environment sometimes but they're being asked to lift their tops lift up their tops as part of a search it's happening at JD Sports. I'm joined by Gavin O'Callaghan, Deputy Editor of Cork Bio, who broke that story. Gavin, morning, what can you tell me? Good morning, PJ. Um, yeah, this is, I'm surprised to find out, actually quite common in other JD Sports in Ireland, but it was the first we were hearing of it happening in Cork. So um, a, lot of your, uh, a lot of your listeners, they'll be familiar with the sports shop. It's there on Patrick Street. A lot of yeah. people would have done their Christmas shopping there and gone in and out. And then there's a lot of young people working there. Now, they've always had a rule with their staff about searching them when they when they kind of leave their shifts at the end of the day, which some retail businesses do. It's not completely uncommon. And what they used to do was just kind of get people to turn their jackets inside out and they would check their bags. But more recently, they've kind of upped it a little bit off what the back of 
a few tests is what JD Sports were telling me. But um, they've now started getting staff to um, lift up their tops, as you were saying there, all right, just enough to show the stomach, do a 360 turn, show the back as well. And they also may even be told to lift up their sleeves, lift up their trousers up to the knees and even roll down their socks. And that's as they leave any day's work, any shifts. So this is to see, obviously, if they're nicking stuff. And there's a list in your piece in, in Cork Bio of the things they can be expected to do. Bags to be emptied, coats taken off, pockets and sleeves torn out, trouser bottoms pulled up to the knee, pockets emptied. Uh, now, remaining top layers of clothing to be individually raised, just sufficient to view the stomach area. Now, at this time of year, people are often wearing a couple of different layers. You might have a sweater and a T-shirt and maybe even a vest or a thermal on under it. You've got to lift all those layers up and show them your belly. Yep, they've been told they have to lift them all up. Now, this only started kind of happening more recently in Cork, but I was talking to a few different workers in like different JD sports shops across Ireland and particularly in Dublin City as well. This has been something that's actually been going on for a few years. Mm. Have you spoken to the company? What did they say? Um, yeah, I spoke to the company. Um, they said, you know, um, a spokesperson for JD Sports kind of told us that, you know, staff were fully trained in this. It, it's strictly non-contacts, these searches. So, you know, the member of staff will stand there. They kind of have, are required to show this to a manager before they leave the shop. Mm. And they also said that, um, you know, there was a recent refresher course given to management in Cork. And this came off the back of what they called increased tests. Now, they didn't specify whether they saw it. It was some people working in there that were taking stuff out of the shop or it was just generally an increase in tests. But this was what this all came out, out of the back of. Mm. I read in your piece that there was a recent stock take and some stuff was missing and that's when the search policy was upped. Who told you that? Um, uh, a source in Cork had told me that. Okay. And then a spokesperson for JD Sports in, you know, who are, they're a UK company. Oh, they're a huge they, company, yeah. Case, yeah. One of theirs. Yeah, so like, they've, they've shops all around the place. So um, someone over in the UK then speaking on behalf of them told me then that, yes, that there was a, um, not that they didn't say particularly that it was just missing stock, but they said an increase in tests in the store led to them giving management there uh, what they described as a refresher training in which they told them basically up the ante here. So it's actually written into the staff contracts. There's a section in anybody who works in a JD Sports, there's a section in their contract regarding these searches, which details all of the things we've just called out there about rolling the trousers up and rolling the sleeves up. So actually by the book, if you work in a JD Sports, you're supposed to go through all of these measures when you finish a shift for the day now by the sound of it Cork had just kind of been a bit more lax on the rule or a bit more trusting but then off the back of the missing stock or well the increase in thefts they've been told you know go by the book Okay Alright Gavin thank you Gavin O'Callaghan Deputy Editor of Cork Bio who broke this story yesterday it's been policy according to the company policy in JD Sports for for quite some time but it's been upped People went on a refresher. Management on a refresher. Uh, so imagine you're a young person working in JD Sports, selling T-shirts and tops and runners and joggers and you name it. Fabulous shop. Been in, walked around it. I bought stuff online off JD Sports over the years. But imagine you're going home from work at the end of your shift and they have the right to stop you and say, OK, now, in a private space, of course, lift up your jumper there, Tom. You know, or lift up your T-shirt there, Mary, till we see uh, what's underneath. And you have to show them right down to 
right down to your belly button, if what Gavin has been told is is accurate. I don't know how you'd feel about that. I think I'd feel it as quite invasive were I in that position. Um, Jamie Murphy is with the Independent Workers Union. Jamie, I take it this isn't a unionised workforce. I, I neglected to ask Gavin that. But as a union, is this legal? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Thanks for having me. In terms of the legality of the situation, I can't really comment on that because that would be a situation where the Labour Court would have to make a ruling on it, right? But I can comment on the ethical nature of the situation, right? And as you were saying yourself, and as we could see, you know, comments on Facebook uh, yesterday, it's it seems to be quite unanimous that it's an outrageous situation, right? So whether or not it's legal or illegal, um, I'm not going to say it's irrelevant, but it is still wrong, right? And um, the, with regards to workforce there being unionised, from my understanding, just talking to some of the workers in there, it's very much not unionised. Okay. It's, um, it's an ununionised workplace. Okay, okay. And the legality of it, like you said, would have to be determined by someone at the WRC, but clearly when management were putting this into the contract of work, they, they had to legal it. So there must be some legal basis for doing it, one assumes. Yeah, one would assume that, but it's... You see, it's industrial relations law is quite tricky, right? And because JD is initially a British-based company, it could be the case. Now, I'm not claiming this because I don't know, just yeah. being honest. But it could be the case that they have just imported their contracts from the UK to Ireland. And obviously, industrial relations law differs from country to country. So it could be the case that that was an oversight, but to be honest, I, I don't know here. Um, but if it is the case that it's legal, again, I have to stress the fact that um, it, it doesn't mean that the workers should just comply. And it does not mean that the workers should just um, accept the fact. Because as Gavin said, and as you said, it is still a very invasive practice. Now they right? do it state that it, it must be done by a member of management of the same gender. Yeah. And again, we don't, I don't know about if, if Gavin, when he was speaking to the workers, knew or, or got confirmation of this, but I certainly didn't get confirmation if that was a practice that's being upheld or not. Well, that, All I know to, is to, that it's to my mind, doing look, it. If it's invasive, it's invasive, but it's if, exactly. if it's in the contract and you sign the contract, it's in the contract. I would be very concerned, though, if men were searching women. Or, or the other way around, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, there's another layer to this as well, which is that um, you said yourself that you've been in JD shops uh, before, and it's primarily younger workers who would be working there, right? So it could be anywhere from uh, 18, 19-year-olds to sometimes underage workers as well, which, you know, there's a whole debate to be had there about, you know, the the ethical nature of it. And, um, you know, if it's in the contract, like you said, it's in the contract. Uh, But... You know yourself, a lot of younger workers who need a few bob to get by in school and college sometimes don't read their contract. Now, of course, that isn't an excuse, but it's also, it doesn't make it right, you know. What would you, what would you view, I mean, if, if, if the IWU represented these workers, if, and you don't, I know, what yeah. would you do? Well, our first protocol would be to try and negotiate with management, to try and ask them, well, look, the workers here are clearly not happy. Um, there should be something done about this. Can this practice be
be ceased because look, ultimately a contract is a two-way relationship between a worker and the employer and there has to be some element of trust between the worker and the employer, Mm -hmm. right? And I mean, if you're being asked to lift up your top and show skin, there's clearly an element of trust there that's been breached. Mm -hmm. Let's come back at it from the other point of view though, Jamie. If you run a business and stock is being pilfered, you are entitled to investigate how that pilfering is going on, correct? Absolutely, yeah. Um, But there's other more, I would say, ethical ways of doing this, right? So if you go into other shops, let's say you go into a supermarket or your pennies or whatever, you see that, let's say, uh, in pennies, maybe T-shirts or in a supermarket, um, it would often be on drink, where there are security tags on these items, right? Um, You know, this raises an obvious question, namely, why can't these security tags just be put on the runners or the clothes in JD? The the, the, the problem there, Jamie, is that behind every till, and I'm assuming in a stockroom in the back, there is the equipment to remove these things. Absolutely, but again, this comes back to the element of trust between the the staff and the employer, right? Um, You you have to just trust that your your workers aren't aren't robbing your product, to be blunt about it. I guess it's, it's up to everybody if they, if they sign their contract, they do agree to this. Jamie, thank you. Jamie Murphy from the Independent Workers' Union. So it is a policy. It is in the workers' contract at JD Sports that they consent, effectively, by signing the contract, you consent to being searched like this when you leave work. Now, emptying your bag, okay, take your coat off, show the pockets and sleeves, you're not carrying anything there, lift up the end of your jeans or your joggers or your leggings, whatever you're wearing. Uh, socks should be rolled down and torn out the pockets of your trousers. It does sound it does sound a bit sort of shameful, but anyway. Um trousers to be pulled right across the leg. I'm not entirely sure what that means. And then remaining top layers of clothing. So your sweater your 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 t-shirt, your blouse, your jacket, whatever that you have, your vest, your thermals, if you're a young person that feels the cold, lift them up until we see skin. Lift each layer until we see skin. That's in the contract. There's no contact. No one's going to put their hands on you. Like I'm there and young, young Timmy is doing this for me. I'm standing a, a good distance away from him and I'm not going to touch him or same said for anybody else. But it's in the contract, and, and they've agreed to it by signing it. But then again, as Jamie said, when you sign a contract, that lot people just don't don't read it. Wouldn't you love to have Fergal and Emer? You remember him too. Wouldn't you love to have the wisdom of the late great Richie Grogan on the end of the phone to check the legality of this? Wouldn't you like? I wonder what Richie would say about that contract. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. What do you have to say? about that contract. If your son or your daughter or you uh, were working in a place like that, what would you say to a, a clause in a contract that says we're allowed to ask you to lift up your shirt until we can see your belly to see that you're not robbing anything from us? I remember years ago getting a call. I was in newsroom at the time and there was a great, she's no longer with us now and she was a wonderful, wonderful woman. We were friends as well as, you know, people who'd meet me through work. The great Anne Eager, the late great Anne Eager, of sip to, <clears throat> and by goodness, there was a woman you wouldn't mess with if you, if you were a manager. And she rang me at home one Sunday, 
and she gave me a play, name of a place, of a company, and she said, can I meet you there at nine o'clock in the morning? I said, yeah, sure, what's this? She said, I've, I've just found something out. She wouldn't name the company. I've just found, well, I won't, she did. I've just found something out. She said, they have a camera in the women's changing area. And she said, that that's not gone by 12 o'clock. I'm going to shut the effing place down. That was Anne. And I can tell you, the camera was gone by 12 o'clock. I did meet her there and we did run the story. Times have changed, though. Let me show you what it's all about. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96FM. Your afternoon soundtrack on Side is here. All the big tunes from your favourite artists. Hello, I'm Luis Capaldi. What's up, y'all? I'm Beyonce. Hi, this is Harry Styles. Always got the best giveaways and sure we'll have a bit of crack as well. And if you don't believe me, believe him. Hey, Simon. Love the show. It really puts me in good form. Listen to you every day, buddy. Simon Murdoch, midday to 4 p.m. With Clonacilty Veggie Sausages, a taste you love, made with fresh vegetables. On Cork's 96 FM. Is anyone out there missing a slitter? Philip Stokes. Morning. Hi, PJ. How are Stokes you? Stokes Watches down, down underneath us here in McCurtain Street. So tell me the story of the slitter. Yeah, um, it's interesting actually because uh, the, the council. Uh, employed us or contracted us to, to do a, a restoration on the clock and uh, there was a chunk of the uh, number missing up by number one between the 12 and the one yeah. um, there was a hole in the dial so when we were working on it yesterday um, sure uh, in the bottom of the clock there was lying uh, a nice slitter sitting there perfect for the size of the hole so uh, it can only be the culprit that uh, did the damage yes and did I, did I hear somewhere it you're able to tell it came from the north side, not the south side. Oh, that now that's. Uh, was it the north facing side of the enough. clock? Was it the north? <laughs> it's the north side. It's the north facing dial. All right, they could have been belting one over over the river to quieten the boys on the south side, but I'm not sure. <laughs> and it's in good nick. It's a brand new slitter. Well, it's it's a few years old, definitely. Um, yeah. There's a debate over when 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 the. When it was done, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's there a few years, all right, yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, if anybody can remember hitting a slitter from the Patrick's Bridge area or throwing the damn thing yeah. and hitting Mangan's <laughs> clock and going, oh, Jesus, I better get away out of here. Yeah. It's there and they can have it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put it in the shop window and if they, if they, if they want to prove it's theirs they can uh, come in and, and we, we'll discuss it <laughs> and it's, it's a branded slitter there's a brand name on it yeah well it's an O'Neill slitter yes yeah yeah O'Neill's yeah okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, Irish, so it's a good quality one it wasn't a cheap one oh they brand, made good ones yeah. They made good ones. That's a brilliant story. That's the best story of this Friday morning. So if anybody wants... We're lucky. Yeah, we're lucky it didn't go in one side and out the other was the only thing. It would have uh, been a yeah. hole on both sides then. Yes. Will you be able to get the clock going, by the way? Yes, we will, yeah. It's very, now, there's a bit of work to do on it. Yesterday was out of the preliminary. We were cleaning it down and I, I, we have to make a, a replacement piece for the, the, the broken bit of, of uh, the dial mm. and measuring that up. And so we were cleaning it down and... and giving it its first lash of paint and things like that so, and then we to remove there's some gearings damage nothing to do with the slitter now or anything but there's um, there's some gearings damage just due, due to age um, I mean the clock is up since 
I think it survived from memory. It survived the burning of Cork, but uh, it was around that time anyway, you know. Um, so it's uh, it's uh, up a good while. Could tell a few stories, but uh, you, oh, I'd oh, say it. you could tell a few stories yourself. So you, are you the last clockmakers in Cork, you guys? Uh, well, we're the, we're the last uh, doing outdoor clocks. Yes, yes, yeah, that's it. Yeah, we're probably one of the few in Ireland doing doing them. To be honest, uh, are the, probably the only ones in Ireland doing them uh, as such. Um, the um, uh, yeah, so yeah, we're a dying, dying breed, all right. Everyone else, uh, we're getting up at uh, half six yesterday morning to start the job is minus one. You can see why everyone wants the desk job in this day and age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I remember the story one time about, you remember those old, everybody had one one time, the old mantelpiece, mantelpiece clocks mm. that used mm. to chime every hour, oh, yeah. every half hour, bong, 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 bong. Right. I remember someone opened one of those. They were in a, in a house where somebody had passed away and of course as happens they go through the bits and pieces and what did they, they opened the clock and when they opened the clock there was a little thud inside in it you know and they picked up the clock there was about three or four hundred pounds rolled up in a rubber band inside in the back of the clock. did you ever has anyone ever come into you with st- weird stuff they found in their clocks um, no well we get a lot of bits yeah we get the clocks in we get a lot of those type of clocks in alright to repair but uh, and I, uh, usually the owner has checked it out well beforehand. You will, you'll find keys and you'll find little anniversary notes and you'll find little things, but nothing of any uh, great value, more sentimental value than anything, you know? Um, I got, I got, the only thing you'd have found in my house was a sock <laughs> wrapped around the bloody bars to stop it ringing because I hate it. <laughs> That's it. We should have got the fellow with the slitter. He'd have quietened it for you. <laughs> Come here. You're taking care of or have been taking care of the, the four-faced liar. How's it doing? Uh, well, it's 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 in need of... It's, uh, it's actually also badly in need of uh, a serious... The external bits, uh, the numbers and things. Uh, the councillor sort of looking at that at the moment. But... Uh, it's uh, yeah, I'm afraid that's that's looking a bit sad at the moment. Unfortunately, one mm. one dial is not working for the last couple of years um, because no, this uh, I'm not an engineer, but it's a structural thing on the, on the stonework inside. Mm. The stone, the stone at that level is very small, tiny stones, and the mortar over the past two hundred years has dried out. Uh, well, I think it's a three hundred year anniversary this year in Shandon. So, uh, but the mortar has dried out, so the stone has moved all the small stones, and that mm-hmm. that that's supporting. No, it's not a big structural the thing; isn't going to fall down. But mm. it's uh, the, the the gearing that's driving that face has moved, unfortunately. And they're 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 the fellas that's better qualified than me to um, who are looking at it and scratching their head, working out how to cure work, that. <laughs> It's fascinating yeah. work. You ever come across a, a good grandfather clock these days? Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, actually, we'd always have ten or twelve in the shop here. We'd be trying to offload them all the time. Do they but work? Uh, the, uh, yeah, we, we but we restore. I mean, our main thing in that area is restoring because a lot of people do have them, and likewise, they, when they're moving house or unfortunately someone passes away, yeah, they the next generation who gets the care of the clock. I mean, you only have them for your, you know, you only have the care of them for your lifetime, and then the next generation should take over. But uh, so we get them in then to to do a to restoration on them and things, which is nice, you know. All right, listen. Mm. Uh, if you find the owner of that slitter, do let us know, won't you? Or if the owner of the slitter wants to, wants to come forward wants to, to come us forward. and confess, <laughs> confess. Yes. On the QT, we'll give him a. We'll, we'll see. See if he wants to put his head up, but hopefully he will, yeah. <laughs> or who <laughs> knows? It could be a she. It could be That's a camogie it. player. Exactly, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> Philip, thank you very much. And continued, continued 
success and the great work that you do restoring our outdoor clocks in particular. David, oh, Mangan's clock. Mangan's clock has a slitter inside in it that went in through the north side face of the clock. You can have the slitter back if you want it. No questions asked. 0818 96 96 96. Love that. Love that. Some stuff on JD Sports. Hi, what JD Sports are doing seems bad, says this one, but I can understand why. About 20 years ago, I worked in Duns and Merchants Quay. Apart from customers stealing, staff also used to steal. They'd go into the changing room, put, take off their uniforms, put Dunn's clothes on, and put the uniforms back on over their stolen clothes. There were people I thought were decent, but they regularly nicked from their workplace without hesitation. Stock also simply walked out of the goods inwards room. Naivety on my part, maybe, but it was shocking when I discovered what was going on. My daughter used to work for JD uh, just before Christmas gone. Most of the stock is being robbed by customers and the security guard isn't allowed to chase the young lads. In the Cork City store, they know the faces of the lads that are continuously stealing. Personally, I'd find it very hard to believe it's the staff. How could someone hide stuff on their belongings without it being seen? Obviously, the bags and backpacks would have to be searched. That's a thing, you know. With shoplifting or with... Actually, restaurants is the same it used to be. You have a security guard maybe at the door of a shop now. Or a pub, but a shop. Uh, you a security guard at the door of a shop. And if there's suspicious activity within the shop, the security guard must act on that within the shop. Once you cross the threshold into the street, the security guard can't follow you. He or she can call the guards and say, would you ever check their bag? But by the time the guards come, you're long gone. That's true, though. 0818 96 96 96. Our management searched, asks Dave. I do not know. Have they not heard of cameras, asks Nessie. Well, I'm sure they have, Nessie. Legal policy like that is fine. Uh, Legally, it's fine. It's similar to drug and alcohol testing, but you cannot be selective. You have to search all staff or no staff, as it would be discriminatory if not done that way. We've items value in excess of 1,000 euro these days that fit in your pocket and we wouldn't dream of this practice says Paul you must have a process in place and trust your staff I'm sure in all magnet removal areas there are cameras okay okay ah here we go Um, morning PJ I work in an x-ray scanner company I work in that field My company was recently contracted to install body and baggage scanners at the exit of a major online retailer's fulfillment centre in the United States and Canada. The company's justification for the expense was to reduce the amount of suspected employee theft, the cost of which they must pass on to us, their customers. Definitely in favour of any security steps employers take to reduce costs, costs they must then Pass on to customers. Take care. That's from Charles Larson in Luxembourg. See the international attraction of the opinion line. Thank you. Sad news from the music world yesterday the passing at the great age of 94 of Bort Bacharach. If you have a few minutes over the weekend or later today and you're wondering who's this fella? Go into your Spotify or wherever you get your music and just put in the name Burt Bacharach and see the songs that will come up and the stuff 
that he wrote. Like, he wrote all-time classics. All-time classics. Like, he wrote that great old song from the movies, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. He wrote Arthur's Theme, which you'll be watching it over the Valentine's, Arthur, great romantic movie. He wrote the theme from that, which was a number one song. He wrote a massive love song in the 80s called On My Own, Patti LaBelle and Michael McDonald. He wrote loads of stuff for the great Dionne Warwick. She was kind of his testing place. Every big song he wrote, she sang it. I Say a Little Prayer was one of his, Walk On By was one of his. He was just such a prolific songwriter. He'd 40, 40 hits in the top 40 in the course of a career and countless movie soundtracks and countless stage songs. He was just a prolific songwriter. He died yesterday at the age of 94. 0818 96 96 96. I wonder what Dermot Kennedy will do or will be doing by the time he's 94. I don't know what the answer to that is, but maybe... We get you a chance to see him as he is these days because we, on Monday, are starting our next big way to win on Cork's 96FM, sending you and a friend to Las Vegas for five days in the sunshine in a good hotel with spending money, the whole lot, and tickets to see Dermot Kennedy live in Vegas. That all starts Monday morning on Cork's 96FM. Kevin with a voice message about clocks my grandfather gave my father a clock for the mental piece. It's a clock you have to wind up every few hours, otherwise it stops and you have to reset it and then wind it and then continue to wind it forever. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine in a time when you don't even wind your watch these days? I haven't worn my watch. I wear a watch all the time. I haven't, I haven't wound a watch in 20 years. I don't even think I'd know how to wind a watch without breaking it now. 0818969696 and speaking of watches uh, could do you think that gent I, I assume you mean Philip in Stokes's would he know someone who could restore an old Seiko watch oh, they were great watches they were great watches Seiko I had one a long time ago it's battery powered uh, Keynes sent it off for me but said it's end of life and can't be fixed it was my late dad's watch and I'd like to restore it for my brother. Yeah, those digital watches, the big problem with them, I had a load of them. Um, Timex made fantastic digital watches. And I, I had a Seiko when they were all the rage. And I had loads more like that. I, I went back to the the clock face. I, I just prefer it now. But digital watches are a thing. I wear a big thing. Seiko made great ones. Does anybody know how you would take an old Seiko watch... That has been kind of declared end of life. And would you have the bits or would you have the parts for a Seiko? Or maybe it's not a digital watch. Yeah, maybe it's not. Oh, yeah, maybe it's not a digital watch. Battery parts. Old Seiko watch. Anyone restore it? That's a nice one. Yeah. Actually, there's a thing that was elegant too. Um, do you remember? You probably don't. Although if you watched Mr. Selfridge, he always wore one. Pocket watches. When uh, so you'd wear them sort of in a in a pocket, literally, and they were on the end of a beautiful chain, and the chain was a piece of jewellery that went across you and into the pocket. They were fabulous thing. Bit like imagine you know the, the the little watch that a nurse wears on her pocket, uh, just hang yeah with her pen and her thermometer. Whatever. Imagine that now, gold or silver on a chain. They were beautiful, beautiful things, beautiful things. 
Ah, this isn't a digital watch we're talking about. It's a clock face watch. It just happens to be battery powered. If anybody can help maybe restore an old Seiko watch. The things that come in. Isn't that the joys for them? The latest radio ratings are in. And once again. And once again. You've chosen Quartz 96 FM. Heard it on the radio. You've chosen the biggest giveaways. You're going to Brazil! The best laughs. <laughs> and the most beautiful moments. <laughs> 231,000 people listen to Cork's 96 FM and C103 every week. Source Jail or Ipsos RBI 2022-4. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for choosing us. Now, stay listening to Win Your Way to Dermot Kennedy, live in Las Vegas. It's just the most beautiful sport from home. The music sounds better than go with me. Only on Cork's 96FM. Hashtag Choose Radio. Okay, the place on Magazine Road, the clock shop, and they fix battery watches despite the name, they did a great repair for me, cost around 80 quid. He sources his parts in France, and that's important. A lot of places doing repairs are stuck and gave up after Brexit because they couldn't get the parts. But this guy is sourcing his parts in France. The repair shop in England, they're great at repairing watches. They feature a lot on the BBC. Look them up on the web. Sorry, I don't have the details, but they seem to be doing all kinds of watches all repairs and all price categories. That's for that person who contacted this morning saying they have an old Seiko watch which was battery operated in its day. It doesn't work anymore. Keynes looked at it and said maybe it's end of life but this um, person would love to get it repaired and get it working for his brother. Uh, it was belonging to his late dad if anybody can help with that. And look, Keynes know what they're talking about if they say it's end of life. There's probably not a lot can be done but then you don't know. You don't know. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. How many times have we talked about scams on the program? And you're all you're all so careful. Everyone is so careful these days, watching out for scams. But every so often, somebody gets caught. Breda, morning. Good morning, PJ. I received a text message from TSB saying that there was some activity on my account. And I got a phone call saying that there had been quite a bit of money taken from my account and what had happened. Mm. They said, had I done something with on post? And I was going, no, I hadn't used my card at all yesterday. And then it dawned on me during the conversation that I had gotten a text message from the HSE to order kits that I had been in contact with somebody that was positive. Oh, this was the close contact text? Yes. So I clicked on it, of course, stupidly, filled in all my details, and then it said that I had to pay three ninety five to receive the kit, and the, in there lies the problem. Yes, once you committed to that three ninety five, they had your details instantly. Seemingly, it, it happened at six fifteen yesterday evening, and at six sixteen, the first nine and a half thousand went out of the account. So you got this message, and you think. Goodness me, I've been around someone who's now a confirmed case. I need to get tests and all this. And you paid your 395. Exactly. And my mom is in hospital and I just couldn't take the chance. I know. 
And how much did they take overnight? Overnight, there's just under 13,000. Oh, holy... In three different... Uh, sorry, four different transactions. Oh, holy moly. Mm-hmm. Now, at least the bank picked up on something and got back to you, which is no bad thing. Yes, but it was just a little bit late. Like, they didn't get back to me until my first text from them came at 2.15 a.m. And it happened at 6.15 p.m. Okay. So there's quite a gap there. Yeah. And what did that text say exactly? Can you remember? The text from the HSE? No, from the bank. From the bank said that there was strange activity. Right. On your account and please contact Fraud Squad. They were direct about it, like? Oh, absolutely. I knew immediately when I read the text there was something. Serious. So... There was thirteen, nearly 13,000 taken. Mm-hmm. Presumably the bank will help you get that back. How's that going? There are honest. There's two separate cases. And there's going to be some paperwork that needs to be signed by the guards. And once it goes back to them and they're satisfied, then they will hope to reimburse me. They haven't said they will. They okay. will hope to. Right. There were three transactions, you said? Four. Four. Mm-hmm. And one happened within minutes of you clicking on that link? One happened whilst I was doing it. As I was putting in my passwords, they were using them straight away. Oh, crikey. They were mirroring it. Mirroring it, exactly. So, yes, I had um, a very eventful night. My goodness me, you poor woman. Look, we're being told all the time about these scams out there. And what all the experts tell us is don't be embarrassed about it. It's how they work. But you were, I think, were you? I'm not embarrassed. I'm actually livid with myself. I'm cross that I was stupidly caught. Um, I'm normally quite tuned into this kind of thing. I don't ever click on anything that I ever get, you know. But it was just the HSE and my mom and, you know, your brain is just slightly frazzled. I was telling a story on the programme a week or two ago that happened to me where I I subscribed to a newsletter Mm -hmm. and I got a text from my bank to ask, was this my transaction? But of course, I got it in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. And then I got another text to say, you never answered our first text, which I thought was a scam. I thought it was another bank scam, only to discover that sometimes the banks do text you. (laughs) So that's confusing in itself. We're being told on the one hand, your bank will never text you. And then, actually, there are times when, when we will. That's confusing. Yes, well, mine definitely text me. Yeah. Are you confident you'll get the money back? I hope and pray that I will. Yeah. Um, I'm confident enough that the transactions were not in my area. Do they so know where they were? Exactly. And exactly what time. So once I can fill in the paperwork confidently and have it signed by the guardie, then they should be able to reimburse me. And tell me, I don't know whether you can or do you know, were they processed outside the country? Yes. So while you were here, mm-hmm. this was happening outside the country? Correct. I would hope you'll get your money back. Well, I will get back and let you know. Do, please. I remember losing two grand. I remember discovering one morning early, this is a few years ago now, that I'd bought two and a half thousand 
euro worth of DIY goods in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. I was at home in Douglas. <laughs> I know, I know. You know, and I got my money back. If that reassures you, you know. Well, on Visa, I understand that you get your money back because it's covered. Yes. But with a debit card, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Come back to us and let me know if you get all of your money back. I'd be very interested to know. Absolutely, PJ. And I want you to, you know, let people know that this is happening. Yeah, that scam is still out there. That's and that scam is still out there. And the guy on the, or from the TSB said to me, check the text message that on the top of it, there will never be a phone number from the HSE. So oh. you'll get the text, but you won't have a phone number on the top of the text message. What, what will be on the top of it? There will be nothing. Okay. Whereas That's... if I send you a text message, you will have my number will be on the top of that. Yes. Or my name if you're if I'm in your contact. But there'll be nothing if it's a genuine no. HSE text. Exactly. Okay. Brida, keep in touch and I sincerely hope it does come back to you. Thanks a million, PJ. Unfortunate woman. And that's gone around a while, that close contact HSE scam. Interesting what they said to her in the bank, though. <clears throat> there won't be a number at the top of it if it genuinely is from HSE. That thing that I told her that, that happened to me only a couple of weeks ago, now, I resolved it very quickly. There's a phone number at the back of your card that you ring, and they identify that it's you, and they said, yeah, that's us. But I asked the very pleasant, very pleasant young customer service person who took my call, like, you're telling us in the one breath, your bank will never text you. And then you're texting us. And she said, well, that's a different kind of text. There'll be, be a link in a scam text. We'll never put a link in a text. To still am I confusing, though, when you get that text at one or two in the morning. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Mind with PJ Coogan. Cox 96FM. In a great little country when one of the most credible, probably the most credible weather forecaster in the country at the moment is a guy who does it for a hobby. Um, it, the papers are full of predictions about a, a beast from the east. You heard there uh, briefly from Alan O'Reilly of Carla Weather in the news that whatever conditions are above our heads or above Europe's heads or above the UK's heads at the moment, papers are full of speculation about a, a beast from the east and there's pictures of reminding us of 2018 and, and all of that palaver. And we all remember what it was like when we were frozen out. We were living in up the road and the hotel for two or three days just to keep the radio station on the air because we couldn't drive home all locked and sun snowbound and all that thing and there's papers full of speculation that it might happen again now what Alan is saying is that it might have absolutely no effect on our weather whatever's going on at the moment there are changes happening and he's looking at the models and yes there's a possibility of cold weather around the start of March. Uh, but there's no way possible of speculating right now what this weather event, this big weather event that's happening up in the stratosphere, there's no way of knowing just now what it will affect, if any, it will have 
on our weather. So the stuff in the newspapers he said this morning to us, a lot of it is just sensationalism and sensational journalism for the sake of a few clicks online. See, he's very reliable, that man. If he, When he knows more, you'll know more. We'll talk to Alan when we know more. But right now, the stuff in the newspapers about beast from the east, don't believe a word of it. Uh, until Alan says there's a beast coming, I won't be believing a word of it. 0818 96 96 96. We talked to Kim on Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? Yeah, Kim from Altonen. Transport company, out in ovens, big, successful Cork transport company, were gathering stuff to go to Turkey to aid the earthquake victims. And you, this is amazing, Kim. Such has been the response that even Altonen is looking for help with transport. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't think that I'd be asking for this, but here we are. Um, you're a big company with big vans. Yeah, absolutely. We we have nearly all our vans now covered, I would think. Um, we will know more at the end of the day, obviously, because today is our cut-off point. Mm. Um, so I'm asking anybody, if there's anybody out there with a van that may volunteer someday next week or something to help us get this aid to Dublin, um, I'm really pleading with anybody out there. It's just to have them on standby if we do require it. How many vans have you filled? Um, we have probably about three or four done now at the moment. Right. And are they the tall, um, the tall vans? I'm familiar with your fleet. Are they tall vans? Like, they're big vans. They're the Luton vans. They're the biggest that you can get on the market for removals anyway. Um, what are they? About six, eight foot high, are they? Great. Something like that. Three and a half ton van. Um, and we're probably going to have that because we still haven't received any of the Cork City donations yet. Um, Chris from Cork uh, Missing Persons yes. should be bringing that out to us today. I don't know what they have, but Crikey. we're 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 being offered it everywhere, and the, the community in Cork, um, everybody has absolutely blown us away with their generosity. Isn't it amazing? Aren't we wonderful people, Kim? This I I, we, I don't maybe the Irish as a, as a nation, but I think as a as a very proud Corkman, we yeah. we knock it out of the ballpark, whatever it is. Absolutely. We've asked the people of Cork and the communities that are here living um, from foreign countries and what have you to answer the call of the, the Turkish embassy and they have come running with their hands full and they're apologising that they can't give more. Like, I mean, there's no need for apologies. Jeez, what they're doing is unbelievable. I, I'm, I'm gobsmacked. Like a transport company, I can't tell. Like Al, like Al is is looking for help with transport. It's uh, you couldn't make that up on Wednesday when, no. when you called me. So if if anybody's got a van that they might be able to loan you at some stage next week, they can contact you. Yeah, or even if they want, they can drive it up themselves from an insurance perspective. You know, we load it here, obviously, okay. um, and they can drive it up. Um, unfortunately, it is a volunteer. Um, kind of, of thing that we're is, looking yeah. for, you know. Yeah. Um, so again, just say if I had the time, I'd drive one for you myself. Do you know, I would. I know. I, there would be because I can drive those like vans. If I if I if I had the time, I'd drive one for you myself. Absolutely. Well, look. I suppose I just want to give the people of Cork and yourselves an idea of what we're kind of getting. We have probably about maybe fifty percent of adult clothing covered now, men's and women's. Um, we're still running a little bit short on kids' clothes and unfortunately the embassy have called for new items are unused. Okay. Um, and it's purely from the point of view of the manpower to sort these goods. 
like we spent a lot of day yesterday obviously going through all the donations we have to make sure that they're okay going out um, so we need to we need to kind of, kind of cut down that a little bit if we can and just get to the boxing stage okay okay, okay. wow alright if anybody can help they can come through us and we'll pass them on to you and like yeah. you say if for insurance purposes if they want to drive it themselves that's fine you load yeah. it up for them yeah. and, and oh, wow can I take one final opportunity just to say thank you? This will be my, our final, I suppose, conversations because today it's ending. Um, just to say thank you so much to the Cork people and the communities here that have answered our call for the, the, the aid to Turkey. They have completely surpassed our expectations um, and we're absolutely delighted and so thankful that they've come out to help us so, so well. All right, Kim, thank you. That's Kim from Altonen, out in Ovens, a transport company, and, and they're now looking for help with transport because of your generosity, you wonderful, wonderful people. Your generosity. It's fantastic. If anyone has a van and maybe could spare themselves for a day to drive it to Dublin next week, they, they'll loan it for you. As I said, I, if I had the time, I would drive one myself. Um, but um, well, I obviously don't. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. To the first item we talked about this morning, which was JD Sports, and this story that Cork Bureau ran, and it has been confirmed that they now search staff. Well, they always have searched staff, but they've upgraded the searching now to the point where they can ask you, as a member of staff, to show them your belly. Basically, to lift up your sweater, lift up your shirt, lift up your thermals, lift up whatever you have on you before you leave at the end of your shift. Now you get to turn out your bag and show them your pockets and make sure you're not. But they've, now they've got to lift up the shirt and show them the belly and that you're not carrying anything. A lot of people up in arms about it. It is JD policy. Uh, whether it's legal or not, we don't know. In this, it would have to have been legal to put into a contract. Whether it's desirable or whether anyone objects to it is another matter and I was just saying I would have loved the wisdom of the late great Richie Grogan to ask him the question about the legality but look it is what it is it's in the contract and people have signed a contract to work at JD Sports and if we hear any more from from them or if anybody is a former staff member or a current staff member we'll change your name if you want to tell us what it's like or if you have been searched in that way or if you've come across it in any other way any other line of work that you searched to the point where you have to show them your belly let us know at 0818969696. But then Kevin sent us a voice message to 083 396 These people who are robbing JD Sports are the, are the gurriers and tugs out in the streets there to the, the have three and four hundred previous convictions and are still left walking around the place, skipping in and out through town. Because with those kind of people, with three and four hundred previous convictions, those are the people that make the courts all the money, continuously money, not from them, their own pockets, that's taxpayer money. Every single time these people with three and four hundred previous convictions are still walking the streets from theft and cars robbed and all sorts of stuff are still walking the streets because they'll go back to court next week with another charge and generate another couple of hundred euros for the courts. You know, every single time. Kevin's got a point, to be fair. That's one of the great ways to join the conversation. 083 396 96 If you're busy, if you haven't got time to send a long text and uh, I couldn't be waiting for us to call you or you call us and you haven't been waiting, just don't get... If you need to get a quick message to us, a quick message... 
you can voice message it to 083 396 96 96. Now, the energy bills are still dropping. Massive energy bills still dropping all over the place. I said during the week, I've dropped nearly a grand myself uh, covering energy bills in the last two weeks. And, and lots of people sending us in even bigger bills. Even bigger bills. Mary, morning. Hello, um, PJ. Listen, I'm just drinking in like the government, okay, we're all, oh, they gave us 200 euro or whatever. But think of the VAT that they're making. They make a percentage on every one of those energy. It's 9%. Correct. Okay, so if my energy bill, which it was, was three times the amount it would normally be for the same number of units, like that's 27%. That's a quarter, like, of that bill, yeah. like, compared to my bill last year. Mm-hmm. I'm paying more than, you know, I'm paying three times the amount. Yeah, I understand. That, yeah. Easily, that easily covers the 200 euro I'm after getting. Three times the bill is three times the VAT. Whatever. And they even take the yeah. VAT off the 200 quid. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. It's 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 just it's ridiculous. You know what I mean. That kind of thing. The government, so like they make it sound as if they're doing their best for us. They're not. They're not even giving us back. I would imagine if they if you actually added up the increase in VAT, I'd say it more than covered yeah. what they gave us in. As as the price of the unit goes up, so too does the VAT. I remember talking to the minister yeah. for finance, Michael McGrath about this and well when he was public expenditure minister I, I asked him about the VAT and I said can you not just do what other countries have done and just zero VAT rated or 2% it or 5% it and he said they can't because they already are at a reduced VAT rate with the permission of Europe and if they were to break it further they'd go, have to go back to, to 23% VAT. Now that's his accountancy explanation but then I had Michael on the phone yesterday who lives near Alicante, um, from Cork, and he said the Spanish government turned around to the energy companies and said, therein is a limit. You will not go above it or we'll lose you, we'll take your licence off you. So it can be done. Or, you know what I mean, or pro rata, like don't give everybody just 200 euro. You know what I mean, people, because maybe of the system, their heating system and everything, you know, like that can't change. Like it's fine if you have a new house and you can get in the best of energy efficient systems yeah. and the air to water yeah. and everything. But most of us are stuck with old houses, you know what I mean? With, you know, radiators and gas, can't do the underfloor heating, can't do anything much with our heating system, like kind mm-hmm. of thing. And certainly nothing kind of nothing because of the economy the mm. way it is. Nobody is going to be able to spend, you know, 20 or 30 grand upgrading their no, existing no, house like no, kind of thing no. you know what I mean you just have to suffer the bills so like really like kind of thing but you know this idea that they're actually doing their best for us when really they're not even giving us back I'd say what we're paying mm. It's Extra a good point and, 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 and listening listen to you now I, I've yeah. said myself here the last two drops of 200 euro that, that I got well you get 183 when they take the VAT off now why they have to take the VAT off that I, I have no idea Exactly, but but it it did it, it, back from that too. It, it did take a bite out of the out of the bill. You absolutely can't deny that. Yeah. But you believe there's more they could do. Uh, well, I think they just well, you know, they're getting no. I'm well, there is more they can do. They're really not doing anything. They're not even giving back what they're getting. Yes. Extra, I would imagine. If, if you oh, I see what you mean. I'm getting your point now. I'm getting your point. Yeah. They're they're more than. 
getting They're back the 200 quid exactly. from the I'm extra... Ah, ah, Mary, I'm as yeah. thick as a plank. It took me a second or two to figure out what you were saying to me. You're right, girl. Yeah. You're completely right. They've taken I so much know. extra VAT off you in the last 12 months that the yeah. 200 isn't worth... The 200 or 400, whatever, after getting my kind of thing, as I say, I... You can't really see it in your bill as, you know what I mean, as everybody. No, that's that's an excellent point. Yeah. That's an excellent point, Mary. Thank you very much for that point. <laughs> okay. And listen, PJ, just one thing, you know, this cash and card and everything. One thing that really oh, yeah. annoys me about, about the banks um, in the last while, uh, I'm back in the day, I remember writing checks. Remember them? And you I had do. your check and you had your check guarantee card. And you and still can write a check, euros. but I haven't written one in years, yeah. Yeah, well, good luck, I'd say, trying to find a checkbook from your bank at this stage. I know. <laughs> My mum still writes but, checks, um, but uh, yeah, I don't. Uh. Yeah, yeah, but like, you know, when you had your 50 euro check guarantee card, and I think that went up to 100. So if you had your checkbook from your bank and your card, you either, you know, at 100 euro, there was 25 checks or whatever. So that was the equivalent. The bank trusted you with mm. two and a half grand. Basically, yeah. you could... Yeah. Right, checks up to two and a half. Like nowadays, if you go in and your card, and if there's a debit landed, like your bill was three times the amount it should have been, and you go in to buy a pint of milk, mm. you won't get it. You'll be refused at the till. Your card won't tap. Yeah, your card will be declined if it's out of cash. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like that, that is the kind of downside to it, especially now, as I say, like kind of thing, if you know your salary is going in or, you know, mm. somebody's children's allowance is going in, and it will be there by the time this payment is presented well, on your account. You well, won't go overdrawn, you won't go anywhere. Well, there's a thing, Mary, now that you now that you mentioned it, um, and I, I know it hasn't happened lately, but there were a couple of occasions over the years where social welfare didn't land, like children's allowance. Exactly. And I, I, I remember yeah. a woman ringing me one morning. She was very upset, uh, very distressed. Yeah. She'd been to Aldi. And on the morning of the social welfare, yes. she'd been to get a few bits and pieces for herself and the children. She got to the counter and there was only about 40 quid's worth in the in the trolley. But she didn't know this, but her money hadn't landed and her card was yes. declined. Yeah. You know, I, I just think like back in the day, they trusted us with thousands. Like kind True. of thing when it was worth an awful lot more money. And now yeah. you can't, if it's 10, if your account hasn't, you know, if you're short 10 cent... Yeah. Oh, yeah, your shopping trolley like kind of thing, and you know. know. But anyway, it's and and again, like that's point. Your electricity bill. We all got a fright when we saw the direct debits going through our account. Like we knew our bills would be high, but I don't think any of us thought they would be quite as bad. I suppose as what, yeah. and especially yeah. again, if your if your usage was estimated, it's an absolute. Oh, it's crazy. Crime, what they were doing. Crazy. They're ripping the biggest the biggest estimate they can out of it, and you'll get it back later on, but. Really, they've taken out of your account this month. Mary, thanks. Great contribution on two different topics of conversation. 0818 96 96 96. I had a load of stuff held over from yesterday, actually, on the cash versus card discussion. And then it took off big time last night on my own Twitter. And I almost ended up muting it because people were fighting about it. I didn't set up any conversation on this program. People have a fight. But fighting they were. I'll come back to some of that. Dermot Kennedy, live in Las Vegas, May 19th. So kiss me the way. Win your way there with Cork's 96 FM. Paradise. It's just the most beautiful sport from home, so thank you so much. 
Return flights. Five nights in Vegas. Spending money. And tickets to see. Dermot Kennedy. We used to be dead. Listen to Cork's 96 FM weekdays for the hits of Dermot Kennedy. Every time they play, text or WhatsApp in for your chance to win. Once upon a time, I was something to someone. Dermot Kennedy, live in Las Vegas. Stay listening to see him for free. Thank you for the support in this music. Starts Monday on Cork's 96 FM. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. But back to Turkey and the first man who called us during the week about collecting stuff for earthquake victims was Evran, who has the Nasta uh, coffee shop. And Evran, they have more than enough clothes now, I think. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Um, yeah, the the public response has been overwhelming. It's, it's been great. Um, I just can't thank enough the people for their generosity. Um so we just started this very modestly, you know, hoping to fill a one car and send the, send the aid to Turkish Embassy in Dublin. Uh, as you know, last night, we filled up two full load of van of stuff and there's another one is full as well. Um, so it's still there's so much stuff there we need to process. It's just overwhelming. Um, and also what's happening is just all the helps are uh, coming through all around the world. Uh, Istanbul airport is in standstill at the moment and they cannot just deal with the, uh, with the amount of stuff is, uh, arriving over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
Um, we, we we also having having difficulties to cope with the amount in here that we you know to 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 process them, um, itemize each item, put them in a boxes, uh, label them, and, and you know so it's been I'm not complaining. It's been it's been great, way way more than what we are uh, anticipating. But at the moment is we had to stop collecting them because we have uh, we have to go through with what we have at the moment, and and also there's so much clothes went in already. And they're, they're, they're telling us now the priority over there is they need heavy machinery, they need generators, they need containers. Because um, in the last big earthquake in 1999, uh, we built all the tents as a shelter and then the flood came in and washed off everything. Yeah. Now uh, they're, 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 they're trying to build their container homes. Uh, so uh, from going forward, there'll be, there'll be a, today there'll be another an announcement by the Musgrave Group. Uh, there'll be a donation will be accepted through their branches, Super Valley and Central, but yeah. it's going to be announced later officially. Yeah. I'm waiting it on some detail that actually yeah, comes yeah, through yeah, me there. Yeah, I'm yeah. Of it. So, um, so it will be much appreciated if people will donate uh, money that way. That will go. That will be more effective uh, than than clothing and everything. Uh, and also. Uh, there is another um, issue we are we have to deal with that because of uh, disease transmission, we've been told that we can only accept uh, new clothing, new unused, yeah, okay. unused clothing. And people are they're so generous; they're bringing stuff, but uh, we're not returning anybody. But we don't know what to do with them, and I have a problem to donate them okay. locally. And if the charities, if the if the people you know, like charities that help homeless people and whatever reason that you know okay. they need stuff they can get in touch with me so we can provide them uh, okay. and they could be used for a good cause as well so you have Evran you have enough by way of clothes now and I, well, once once we get the detail of what Musgraves are doing we, we'll mention it um, mm-hmm. just have you been in touch with friends family relatives contacts out there like it, it looks increasingly awful on the telly yeah, it is. It's just so it's so disturbing. It's so traumatic. Um, yeah, I have uh, at, my sister lives just a couple of hundred kilometers away from the one of the worst affected city, Hatay, and I'm constantly speaking with my nephew, and and they're just doing the same, same over there. They, they're just doing what they can, trying to say, send help people over there. But it's just it's just so awful. I think it's one of the most deadliest uh, earthquake within the last 50 years or so I think I, it just the numbers Do you are, remember the 99 one? Ever? Yeah. Were you there? Yes, yes, yes I was I was there yeah but this is way way worse than that 99 was only in one city this is across 11 cities it destroyed completely 11 cities you know so it's just like more than 13 million people are affected by this um, it, 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 we never experienced anything like this this is just uh, so demolishing and just yeah. it just it's so bad. Padma, who was on with me on Wednesday, I think, said to me, imagine, PJ, she said, imagine Cork, Limerick, Waterford and Galway gone. Yes, this is, well, uh, I think she was a bit uh, optimistic. You can you can put Dublin in it as well. That's that's what it looks like over there at the moment. Everything over there is just that between eleven cities is just completely destroyed, and some of some of the roads are completely destroyed. They, they, there's no access. Um, it's just still thousands of people are under those under the rubble. Um, you know, you, people. You know, there's a situation. Put it this way: you don't know where to help first. It's it's that's yeah. what it looks like. I, I asked you about being there in 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 ninety nine, which you were. I can't get my head around what the fear must be like, Evran. Can you? 
Um, I put it, I put it this way: because of our geological position, we are we are on that danger zone all the time. And this was a, a growing up is part of our life. I remember a couple of times that when I when we was a child, uh, my mom, my father, they were grabbing us middle of the night and we were running outside waiting outside for a few hours and going back in the house again. This become part of our life. Uh, you know, you grow up with it, but it's a, it's a fear that I cannot describe. And imagine yourself, you're in, you're in deep sleep three, four o'clock in the morning and, and everything come uh, collapsing on you. So I don't know how to, how to describe that. You know, it's a, it's an awful, awful thing, but it's a natural disaster. There's nothing you can do about it. It's not in our control. Um, it's just a, it's just a horrible horrible thing to experience this, and it's so traumatic, you know. Um, so I cannot I cannot describe it. The words cannot describe it. But you've 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 made a very good fist of it, Evren, and, and for us and for for the listeners. And I, I thank you for that. And, and our thoughts our thoughts are with you, and and your and your country and your and your countrymen. Thank you. Today. Thank, you. thank you very much, PJ. It means a lot. And thank you for uh, allowing me to raise the awareness in, on your platform and, and once again I, I just want to thank from bottom of my heart the people of Cork, people of Ireland for their generosity, for their kindness and therefore their, it, it, it means a lot for, for my people over there and uh, I cannot thank you enough for, for this Everyone, thank you Thank you. 0818969696 Yeah we got most, some more details uh, Mulgraves in charge of course of hundreds of stores centres and super values, they're all Mulgraves Musgraves is an incredible retail success story. We don't, you know, we don't beef it up as much as we should. It's an incredible retail success story uh, here in Cork. From today, you can tap to donate two euro in every store, every centre and every super value will have this. You can tap for a two euro donation and it is all going to the Irish Red Cross who will pass it on for aid in Turkey and in Syria. We mustn't forget Syria also affected by the earthquake. Uh, we've been speaking to Centra uh, this morning and they've confirmed that. So I, I'm not too sure of the number. I'm, I'm going to send a text and I know I can find out how many shops between Centra and Supervalue. But you're talking the bones of, you're talking the bones of a thousand shops, I would suggest, up and down the country. Hundreds of shops up and down the country, Supervalues and Centra, uh, part of the Musgrave Group. And from today, two euro, tap two euro, and it'll go directly to the Irish Red Cross and directly to the aid effort in Turkey and in Syria. We were talking, was it last week, about modular homes for Ukrainian refugees in Mallow. And we were talking about a protest that was taking place outside that building site or near that proposed building site. There's been a significant development there to the point where they're not going ahead. We'll get to that in just a sec. There are 783 stores between Centra and Supervalue around the country. 560 Centras and 223 Supervalues. 783 stores and from today you can tap two euro in any one of those stores. I'm just thinking it's all going to concern for the relief of the earthquake victims in uh, Turkey and Syria. If only a hundred quid was raised in every one of those stores every day you'd be making 78,000 euro per day and remember that is the initiative of a Cork company. Well done, Musgraves. 
Whatever sport you support, grab that jersey and stick it on for Radiothon. The Cork's 96FM Giving for Living Radiothon returns this May. And Friday 26th is Jersey Day. You make me feel Get together with family, friends, colleagues or classmates And wear your favourite jersey to raise funds for Cork Cancer Services See 96fm.ie for more 96fm.ie for more The Giving for Living Radiothon Supporting Cork Cancer Services May 25th to 27th You make you make me feel Only on Cork's 96fm Okay, we have some leads for... Kim at Altonen. We have two drivers who've contacted us and would like to help with getting the stuff to Dublin uh, next week. So thank you for that. Now, the Office of Public Works, OPW, has confirmed that a county council-owned site uh, in Mallow at Carhukiel, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, or Carhukiel in Mallow, will not now be used for modular homes to house Ukrainian refugee families. Annette, you were one of the people who was protesting outside that site, or outside that proposed site, uh, last week. When did this news come through? Morning. Morning, PJ. How are you? Uh, that news came through, first of all, on Wednesday evening, and then we got official confirmation yesterday mm. um, that the site is, not, is now deemed unsuitable for uh, these modular homes. I'm reading from The Independent, which uh, is quoting the Corkman newspaper, saying that there were a number of elements to that, a steep gradient, difficulty Mm -hmm. with utilities, so the site was, and I quote, uneconomic to develop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, look, that's what the OPW are saying, or CIS, the builders, whichever. Um, From our point of view, the people who were on the ground there for the last three weeks looking at it, there was no investigative works done in the last couple of weeks because we have been on site the whole time. Yeah. Um, so we we firmly believe that the site was deemed unsuitable just because they went about it in totally the wrong way and tried to bulldoze their way in with no community consultation and so on. And once they realised that the community were not backing down, I think they decided to move elsewhere. Okay. Yeah, we just that's sta- our opinion. There's a statement here um, from the communications office at the OPW, mm-hmm. uh, and it reads, it's a query, I'm assuming from our own newsroom, because it says, hi Maureen, I refer mm-hmm. to your query, as part of the government's plan to provide 700 homes for those fleeing the war in Ukraine, a number of sites have been identified around the country for possible development. As part of the process, site investigation works were carried out on all potential sites, etc., etc. A site at Mallow, identified for this purpose, has been investigated and resulting findings, coupled with the steeply sloping site and utility constraints, had made the site uneconomic to develop. As a result... Mm-hmm. Of these findings, rapid build homes will not now be placed on the site. That's the yeah, official yeah. from the OPW. Yeah, which which is, is strange, PJ, because I think the last time I spoke to you was when um, a, a notice had gone up on the site to say that 30, 30 modular homes were going to be built there starting on Tuesday last. Yes. So, uh, which would have been, you know, the Tuesday after the bank holiday. And so they were intending to start the building on last Tuesday, which was the 7th. So, and that site went, uh, that notice went up on the site, um, Mm. on the fencing. So, I mean, why put up a notice like that if then two days later they can turn around and say, well, no, actually, it's not suitable, you know? I guess that's a a matter for for, for them and they'd answer the question if I asked them. What do you think? Well, yeah, I, I look, I think as a group, I think we, we feel that perhaps um, 
perhaps because we did put up, you know, um, a reputable argument against them as to regards where they were putting the modular homes, who they were for. And we we don't believe it would have been Ukrainian women and children. That well, would have well, been well, amazing. But that's what they, hold on, that's what, the, that's what the official office of the OPW says they were for. Mm-hmm. You've no, ev- every, you've no <laughs> evidence otherwise. No, we don't, of course not. But not every official document you get is also telling the truth either. So, um, and then we also are very aware of the amount of undocumented migrants that are in the country and still coming in. Um, and indeed, the contracts with the hotels that where some of these migrants are staying are due to finish the end of this month and more the end of next month. And those people have to be rehomed somewhere. And well, a, lot of those contracts are con- a lot of those contracts are coming to an end because the hotels haven't been paid. Yeah, yeah, there's that as well, of course, and the tourism starting up as well, you know, you know, obviously coming in spring and hopefully into a good summer. So, yeah. Um, you accept, wouldn't you, Annette, that people coming from Ukraine, and let's just deal with Ukraine as a, as a unit, uh, people coming from Ukraine, we have to put them somewhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, PJ, I was one of the first people down to the convent in Budavent when it was first um, started to be used as a centre. I spent 70 euro of my own money on dog supplies because there was dogs being brought in. We have no issue whatsoever with anybody coming from Ukraine. You know, we would hope that if ever the time came that we could do, you know, some other country would do similar for us. What our problem was, was the undocumented Mm. migrants coming in. That was what our problem was. And we did not believe for one second that those 30 modular homes were going to be used for Ukrainian women and children. I stress in it. And you'd have to agree with me that that belief was based on no evidence at all. Perhaps, but you know, as a community, we chose to keep our options open right. and keep our minds open to the possibility that there may never be Ukrainian women and children put in there, and that indeed it would be others. And so that was our stance on why we. See, why if everybody, we if everybody did that, and I'm not, I'm not fighting with you here, I'm just mm-hmm. drawing out the conversation a bit. If everybody thought that up and mm-hmm. down the country, we'd, we'd never get a, singular, a single modular house put anywhere. Absolutely. But PJ, from our point of view, and the reason why we were, um, why we, we, we put up such a stance is because we were lied to from the very beginning by either the OPW, the council, well, or the building. Lying, lying is a strong word now. You were, you were misinformed, shall was, we say. No, we weren't, PJ, because the site foreman came out to us about four days after we started our protest up there and told us the site was being shut down and they were going to be moving on. Now, he told us that. We have him on video telling us that. Right, well, well the He said the site was being shut down and they were moving on elsewhere. The following morning is when they started moving stuff in. We think they thought that we that we would be stupid enough to believe them. Or maybe so they, they thought it was going it. ahead. Or maybe they, maybe they yeah. were as confused as everybody else, you know. <laughs> I don't think so, PJ. Yeah. I mean, you're being very good now and you're giving them a lot of leeway. But well, I'm, doing, I'm doing my best to balance the thing, you know. Yeah, it's... but I mean, at the end of the day, I was standing there when this site foreman told us that site was not going ahead. It was being shut. Right, right okay. Well, it, ha- it has been now, so I suppose... So, I suppose. Yes, but that's two weeks later, PJ. That is yeah. two weeks later. And in the meantime, they brought in a lot of fencing and they brought in security lights and cameras well, and well again if we're to believe the OPW that was part of the survey yes but there was no survey done because every day after that when we were standing up there the workers sat in their vans all day okay 
At least it's, it's not it's not going it's not going to happen now. It's not it going, is not. Okay. No. Annette, I've enjoyed our chat. Thank you. 0818969696. I just want to say I and many others would have been quite happy with modular homes in the area. That's a call in from, from Mallow. The protesters don't represent everyone. Thanks for that. On earthquake relief, Mick in Balifihan, we would do well to remember. Mick is completely right here. We would do well to remember that during the famine, Turkey sent three shiploads of supplies to Ireland to help and there's a football team in Drogheda that still has a crescent on their shirts because of that. And time to return the favour. Well, clearly, Mick, we're returning the favour with bells on, which is great. Fewing on scams. Lots of people offering ideas as to where you might get that Seiko watch fixed or where you might start to look for someone to get that Seiko watch fixed. I'll come back to that. I still have to go back to the issue of cashless because I'm inundated with stuff. But Samantha, you've called us this morning. You're on the radio. Good morning. What's up with you? Hi, good morning, Peter. How are you? I'm well. What's going on? Oh, Peter, I am stressed. I tell you no, right? My daughter, mm-hmm. who is having a baby, so I'll be having a grandson on the 6th of May. Good for you, um, Nana. So we, we went away and we organised a baby shower for her. Right. Right? And it's our first get-together now since the COVID, as you can imagine. Okay. So all her friends, all family, everything, we're all coming together for okay. this one big night. Yeah. So I, I'm yes. just have it up on my screen here, just to remind you again, not to ma- not to name any place while we. No, no, I won't okay. name the place. Okay. No, definitely, okay. I wouldn't do that to him because he is a nice guy. Okay. Right. Okay. So what happened? So we had we had this book place anyway, and due to a burst pipe in his premises, he had he had to cancel the venue. Right now, I know it's not his fault. But we're kind of still stuck at the moment. When now, was this, when was this supposed around. to be on? It, what is it? When was it supposed to be on? It was supposed to be on tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Such a few hours. Now, PJ, I have everything. Like, I have all the decoration. I paid for all the blooms. You know, the special blooms that I get done nowadays. Mm. I've all them. Um, the girls have all their new clothes, their hair and makeup booked and far. Their nails done. Um, look, you can just imagine, you know, the way the girls, they all go out these days. You had everything um, ready, I but now you don't have a place to ready. go. You're, 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 all, I have nowhere. you're all dressed up with nowhere to go. All dressed up with nowhere to go, boy, and it's not even funny. No, it's <laughs> not, and I shouldn't laugh. Because I shouldn't you know laugh. why now, how, how, how many people are involved? How many women are going? There's 15 plus girls. Fifteen plus, so it could be twenty. Could be, could be twenty, like. So it could be twenty. It could be twenty girls. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now all it is is just a venue. Um, yeah, I you have, have a musician. I have a you have everything, like. As well, I have a singer booked as well. You're not come in and do the music and okay. whatever. All right. Um, everything is done. All it is was just like you know an area where we can all sit down, have a few drinks, have the music. She can look at all her presents. Just have a lovely night. Take loads of photos. Loads of lovely memories. Home then again for 12 Bucket, you know, that kind of way. Buckets of Prosecco. <laughs> uh, Prosecco, my favourite and all, and a dirty drink. <laughs> Buckets of Prosecco, yeah, I know. Yeah, I I tell know. You, like, it's just like, I can't understand it. Like, I'm, I'm marked been driving everywhere since yesterday now. I didn't get out of my car have, since have, 10 o'clock have last you a gen- night. Have you a general area? Like, does it need to be local or will you go anywhere? 
I like I said, like Cork City, just Cork right, City. Okay. I don't mind where it is. Like right. I'm after trying. Does anybody have places. Does anybody have a function room or even a corner of a good sized pub that would take fifteen to twenty women tonight for a baby shower? They have everything done. They have the balloons. They have the cakes. They have a singer. They have everything. All they want is to empty the contents of your bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. How's your, da- how's your daughter big, taking all this? Just drink there with this stage. My daughter is just non-stop crying, to be honest with you. Like, her hormones are already as it is. <laughs> um, she is just crying. She's getting grumpy. Oh, God. She's like, forget about it. I don't want to have it. Oh, it's, you know, like, it's oh, just God. not fair. Not, it really is. I know, like, I, I know, I know. Like, I, you know, I'm... I, you I, can't like, have it in the I, house, I'm can you? Younger kids, I've younger kids as well, PJ, right? No, I didn't get out of my car till 10 o'clock last night and bring them kids home because I was going from bar to bar to bar to bar asking and everywhere I went, it was a no, we're booked out, we've this, we've right. that. Well, you know what, no, Sam, I mean, you're, not, you're not asking, oh, now oh, I'm asking, pub, right? You're, like, oh, the pubs in Cork, PJ, I'll <laughs> tell you no, right? They're all looking for businesses. But then when it comes to it, then PJ, they don't want to give it out, right. I don't think. Well, you know what now? You're not asking now. Oh. I am, right? So what we're looking for is a, a venue that will take a baby shower tonight for 15 to 20 women. They have everything sorted. They just need space. And, and, and they yeah. will, they'll buy the drink. There's a Horning and Football Club, maybe. Brian Dillon's someone of those. They might facilitate. That's someone else asking. Is there any, a, a guy club, a soccer club, anywhere that yeah. would would take an event? Very, 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 very short notice. We know this. Very short notice. No, yeah, very short notice. And I was even going to get in the car there now again and go on my travels and see. And, All right. But I'm ringing places and they're like, no, no, we're not available. And, I don't know. See, I maybe don't they're. Know, af- no, I'm, I'm only saying maybe they're. Oh. Af- maybe they're afraid you'll do wreck. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, I just don't know. No, no. Listen I to mean, me. If 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 someone comes to me with a venue for you and you do do wreck, you'll be talking to me a month. That is it. I said, if someone does come to me with a venue and and you do wreck. We'll be having a conversation on Monday. Do you know what I mean? Oh, Jesus, you no, won't. to be nothing like that. No, <laughs> I know that, girl, no. I know. I'm only no, messing with you. No, we're all quiet. I'm we only pulling your leg. I don't think you're too quiet now. They all just want their photographs and, and a bit stuff of fun. like that, you know. Kate, Kate is saying with all, fun. Kate is saying here with all the stress, Junior might arrive. God, you'd hope not. She's not Judel May. She's Judel May now, right, and okay. I tell her she's Judel the same day as um, two of my kids' communion. Oh, my, oh so that'll make it busy. I mean, like, the stress alone inside my house is up to oh, 90. Will somebody fortune. please give me a venue for a baby shower? I'm begging. <laughs> because I can't take any more at this stage. <laughs> Anywhere like the Gerald Griffin or any one of those that might... Anyone would have a place this, tonight to offer... These just anyone if nice they can Route 14 and Toker anywhere 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 mm. anywhere at all I am blue now in the face right. from going to places and they're all booked over and they all have some excuses and all right. you know stuff like that right. like, let, um, let, let, let's see what comes in we got to go to the news but let's see what comes in Samantha they, they have a baby shower for tonight 15 to 20 women they have everything organised balloons a singer the works they just need a place to go and have their celebration and they promise they'll be good can you help? What we touched on earlier in the week was this story from the Church of England where they're looking at the possibility of gender neutralising some of the language in prayer. 
uh, like the Our Father, for example, they're looking at a more gender-neutral way of addressing the liturgy. And it's the Church of England, which, of course, is, a, I, I think, probably a sister church of Church of Ireland, is how they'd refer to it. Um, not, not, it's a Protestant church, not a Catholic church. But the debate grew from a story on page six to front page news to a big talking point everywhere. Is it a thing that it's time to now neutralise the gender of the church and neutralise liturgy? Like, how do you... How do you change our Father who art in heaven? You can hardly say our Mother who art in heaven. Our parent who art in heaven doesn't kind of have any sort of a ring to it as such. To the Almighty who art in heaven, you could say that. But do we need to change it at all? Does anyone need to change it at all? Rose, you you were you were raised Catholic. And you changed your faith. You're you're Anglican now, I think. Morning. Morning, PJ. How are you? What do you think of all of this? Uh, yeah, I've been having a bit of a thing. I suppose it's something that's going to have to happen. And I, like, yeah, as you say, I was raised Catholic, and at my age now, I mean, I'm, I, it's well the, the like the Our Father is well drilled into me. Um. It's. A, I think it's going to have to happen anyway because there's nothing really to. It's only man-made precepts that that God is ever a man. You know, we don't know. He could be some gender that he has created that we don't have here on earth that we've never heard of. <laughs> there's no he. I'm saying he like just force a habit. That's a deeper you know, philosophical we, thought, Rose. Yeah, but we don't. We don't. We actually don't know. We've no idea whether God has a gender at all. There's no, there's no way of saying whether God is a man or a woman. Or, well, well or those of us who believe in Jesus Christ believe in Jesus Christ, the man. Those who believe in the Allah man, yeah. believe in Allah, the prophet, and generally a male prophet. They were, they were men who lived on earth. Mm. You know, uh, where they, they were both Allah, like Allah, Allah's a prophet, so therefore he would, he would have been living on earth at some time. Jesus was born and died on earth. And Jesus, Jesus is one of a trinity as well. Yeah. Well, God the Father, God the Son. They're very male. They're very. They are. They're all. They're all very male. But they're 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 sort of I don't know. They're precepts at the time. And if Jesus was trying to convince people that he was he was the Son of God at the time, you know, then you know, male the male was you know the society was more patriarchal. I would say back then. So. You know, if he had said my mother is is God, he mightn't have been listened to quite so much. Mm. You know, so I mean, that's the that's the only. But then again, we have another. If you just say to that, both the Catholic Church and and uh, do do, do the Anglican Church of which you're you're now a member, do they um, honor the Virgin Mary? They believe in the Virgin Mary. They don't. The Anglicans do not pray to anybody but God. Right. We don't pray to we don't pray to Mary. We don't pray to saints. Right. We only ever pray to God. And, and when you're and praying the, the to God, is we don't, is, we does don't it refer to a he or a she? It refers to a he at the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. at the moment. And I mean, like the, my 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 point on this is actually nothing to do with transgenderism. Although the the Anglican Church is being welcoming towards transgender people, from what I can see, um, which is right. I agree with it. Um, it's yeah, but it's it's the Church of England that's doing that. The the Church of Ireland tends tends to follow the Church of England to a large extent. Mm. 
So, um, and the Church of England is now going to allow blessings of gay of people who gay people who've already married. Uh-huh. You know, they'll they'll do wedding, they'll do blessings for them. So, I would safely say, but I know that's that's been under discussion for a long time. So they are moving forward um, mm. on social issues, you know. They're not Who do you, s- again, I, I know little or nothing about the Anglican Church, forgive me, Rose. D- do you say uh-huh. the Our Father, for example? We do, we and, do. And um, do you say Our Father? We do, we say Our Father, and at the end of it, uh, we have deliver us from evil, and for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. The on. long version. Uh, that, yeah. That's tacked, yeah, the long version, yeah, the extended version. Yeah. That's tacked on at the end. Oh, the Catholics brought it in, um, I think it was back in the 60s, I remember coming in because there was a lot of resistance to it uh, in England in the Catholic Church. And my mother, I remember saying, no way would she say it when it, when really? it, crops, up, it crops up. Yeah, it crops up in the, in the um, later on, I think it's in the Eucharistic prayer, it crops up. And I remember my mother sitting right. there with, with her right. mouth firmly closed because it was too Protestant and she wasn't going to say it. <laughs> but, but, but you don't think that God has a gen- the, the, oh yeah, you, you clearly, Rose, believe in God, do you? Oh, I, oh, I do believe. You I do believe. believe so God, do, yeah. you don't believe that God has gender? It's it's not that I don't believe it. I'm wondering. I'm questioning it now. Yeah. Uh, I I never actually thought about it before, to be honest with you. I've only thought about it in the last couple of days since Fergal rang me. You know? Yeah. So he, he wants to know, would I like to come on? And I said, yes, please, I'll come in. So I yes, in. because you have you have strident views on, on faith and always have had. I, 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 was, I wasn't aware. I thought you'd lost your faith, Rose, in the last time we talked. I wasn't aware you'd... No, you'd, no. 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 No, no, I, I never, even with all that's happened to me personally, I've had a lot of trauma, shall we say. Um, no, I never I never lost my faith. Now, sometimes I get very angry at God. Yes. You know, and it's in the name of, you know, like, why are you doing this? You know, you're, you're throwing me these, these problems and you're, and you're not letting me fix them, you know, and all this sort of thing, you know. Yes. But I think that's normal. Yes. You know, but I, I never did, I've never denied the existence of God. No, I live with two, two atheists, yeah. para, para heretics. <laughs> but I know they're great. But um, no, no, I never, never lost my faith in God. I've always, I've always had a good faith in okay. God, and I mean, I do resort to prayer, you know, like in in thanks. As a matter of fact, I, on a lighter note, I have a parking fairy, right? Um, that God, that God gave me. And any time, especially if I'm around the Mercy Hospital, any time I need a parking space, <laughs> I ask the parking fairy, and sure enough, a space will show up. Yeah, I, I thought, and look, I'll be, I'll be accused of. Um, I'd be accused of blasphemy here now, but I won't really. I thought at one point your God was Prince because of the purple hair. <laughs> no, no, I was, no, I'm still purple. No, 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 no. Rose, thank you. I enjoyed chatting. I haven't chatted to Rose in a long time. Um, and raised Catholic, now Anglican. I thought she'd lost her faith, but she never did. Uh, great character. Um, but there's the thing. Does She now is wondering whether God has gender. She has referred to him all her life as him. Now the Church of England is thinking, well, maybe we should change the language, something like our father. Change it. Change it to what? Is the first question that would come into my mind. And I was thinking over the last few days, it made big news. But is it such a big deal? Do you know? Um, How many times a year do I go to Mass? I go to Mass at Christmas. And I go to Mass around Easter. And I go to Mass when there's a wedding. And I go to Mass when there's a funeral. I'm not a big Mass goer. I'm the first one to say it. My, my poor mother hangs her head and just prays louder whenever I mention this. But I'm not a big Mass goer. Um, I go, but not often. Um, but like, if the words were to change tomorrow, it wouldn't bother me in the slightest. I was thinking about my position on this. I know, was it Sarah rang me the other day? And she was spitting feathers about this. 
about the very idea of changing the the language to, to be gender neutral. She was she was spitting bullets, and I let her have her say, as you do on this program. But I think, what difference does it make? What actual difference would it make to to change the words? Certainly wouldn't make any difference to me. I don't think. What do you think? Let's get you into this conversation. Oh eight three three ninety six ninety six ninety six. The latest radio ratings are in, and once again, and once again, you chosen Corks ninety six FM. Heard it on the radio. You chosen the biggest giveaways. You're going to Brazil. Yeah. Oh my God! The best laughs. <laughs> and the most beautiful moments. Yeah. Thank you so much. My little girl jumping around. 231,000 people listen to Cork's 96FM and C103 every week. Source Jail or Ipsos RBI 2022-4. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for choosing us. Now, stay listening to Win Your Way to Dermot Kennedy, live in Las Vegas. Just the most beautiful support from home. The music sounds better than yours. Only on Cork's 96FM. Hashtag Choose Radio. Just as you head out over the weekend, maybe on a date, more of that in a sec, maybe on a date, as you head out, bring your card wherever you're going, of course. Will you want to pay with cash? You want the choice. We had a long conversation and a lively one yesterday about this cash and card and the barn were on. Paul from the barn was on, stringently defending their cash-only policy and that's his right to do. That conversation continued right into my socials into the dead of night. Some people are getting very cross with each other, but it is what it is. And people were wondering, as part of the whole thing, is it legal to refuse cash? Can you legally say, I'm not taking cash, given that cash is legal tender? You you actually can. You actually can refuse cash. If they warn you when you book by phone, or when you book online, or if it's prominent prominent on their Facebook page and their thing and on the Barnes website um, very prominently across the top is we only accept card I can't comment on the Barnes as this caller but often it's hidden in the small print well certainly with the barn it is not I sometimes I bring a card sometimes I don't I wouldn't like to end up embarrassed you have to pay extra card charges when you use your card not when you use a debit card. I don't, think, I don't know. Does it cost you to use your debit card? I don't know that. Lads, I had the same issue with my elderly neighbour. They enjoyed going to the barn, but they only pay cash. Um, there was an option of buying a gift card and use that, but it's a beautiful spot. She simply won't go there. Again, she felt very embarrassed. PJ, I've been dining with my family in the barn for months. They're fantastic. Great food and drink. I have no issue using my card. They're also helpful and obliging. I agreed with the COVID restrictions at the time, says Brian. A card is contactless and there's less handling of cash and all that. But you also can't beat having cash in hand at times. Is the Baron saving money on insurance by not having cash on site? Well, Paul did say that. He said there's a big saving in insurance by not having cards on site. Or it's not having cash on site, rather, because you don't have to take it to a bank and all that kind of thing. He did say that there's a saving there. Insurance-wise, how do they support people with disabilities who want to pay for their meals with cash or without cash? Well, I guess even a disabled person, I guess, can carry a card and pay with a card. My my boy 
has a Revolut card and he's out to lunch now as he goes out to lunch with his friends every every Friday and, and he'll use his, his card. So he's okay with that. Cash is legal tender, says Mary. I think it's illegal to refuse. It isn't. It isn't once you make it very clear that you are not taking it. Cash is legal tender. Why are they obligated to accept it? This was the original poster. They're the original. No, they're not. You see that there, there is. If if you make it very clear, your business is is card only. Then Pat says, I went to the credit union to get a debit card, and they said I couldn't because I didn't have an email address. And there's loads more. I'll do some more before we finish. But on the subject of maybe wanting your card tomorrow night or the night after or Valentine's night to go out on a date. I'm going to pick up on two women, two well-known women, that are both in their 30s, are both single at the moment, are doing doing a podcast together, which I was surprised to learn, and will both be doing Valentine's Day as single people. Julie from Twins and Me, Julie Haynes, and Brenda Dennehy. Hey, hey, hello, girls. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Peter. How are you, Julie? <laughs> Julie, I know that you you you've kind of decided that the single life is the best you can do at the moment because with two small children who are now five, and and a recent catfishing experience, you're you're okay. playing it safe, are you? See, that's it. It's very hard as a single mother to get out and date because I just don't have the time with two young, like a set of twins. As you said, they're five now, so it's, it's really, really, really hard. Yeah. Wait, but t- tell me about the catfishing thing. Yeah, so basically I matched with this guy around this time, actually, last year. We were chatting away, and I think we were, about, we were texting for maybe a good week or maybe two weeks. And like that, PJ, it just... It was too good to be true. Like, no matter what I said, he kind of, like, he, like, I, like, for example, I told him that my dad passed away a couple of months prior. And he was like, oh, Julie, I'm so sorry about that. He was like, I totally understand how you're feeling. My own dad passed away as well about a year and a half ago. I told him then I had twins. And he said, oh, I love twins. My brother has a set of twins as well. Mm. So I was like, no, this guy is too good to be true. And then when he asked me out for a coffee, he was like, you know, I know you're off the walls with a single mom with the twins. So when they're in preschool, let's meet up. I'm self-employed, so I can knock off whenever I want. So I'll meet you in the morning time. He was taking in. every box. <laughs> Literally, I was, PJ, I nearly had him off the aisle before I even met him. I was like, this guy, nah, he's too good to be true. Weak for him, anyways. So anyways, as I said, he said, look, I'll meet you now when the kids are in preschool. No hassle, and I'll have you back in time. Judge, we do, and the school run. So I'd wait. So anyways, the morning came, anyways, meant to meet him and heard nothing. He said that, he's a, he, he told me he was a builder and a wall fell down. So a red flag went up straight away from me. But as it's I not said... not much of a builder if the wall <laughs> fell down. If the wall, I know, I know. So anyway, I said to him, send me a picture. And he said, of what? Of the wall. I said, you next to the wall. I want to get a live photograph. <laughs> I don't want these pictures that have been taken weeks or months prior. <laughs> send me a live photograph. He couldn't do it. So as I said, he told me his father had passed away and I knew his surname and I knew the town he was claiming he was from. So I went down to RIP and I put in the town and I also put in the surname. And the father wasn't dead Colleen Rooney have nothing on you. I tell you, I, there, there's no bad, like, I don't know, I think it's actually the FBI. We're just, us women are unbelievable, but yeah. Total catfish. So, yeah, so I, I was like, and then I called him up and I was like, come here, you're a catfish to me. 
he called me bonkers. And I was like, come here. I'm not bonkers at all. You're the fellow sitting behind these big pictures. <laughs> Blocked me. Blocked me then for that. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, my, I know. And I know. DJ, the yes, same Brenda. fella, my, my friend down in Kerry, she was uh, loved up with the same catfish, the exact mm-hmm. same fella. Get away. And I had, yeah, the, this fella was doing the rounds. I was saying to her, that's not real. That's not reason. Because he had sent her a picture and... Again, she was looking for a live photo and it was like in the middle of May or something and it had the Costa coffee, but it was the Santa one, you know, the Christmas one. I was yeah. like, why is your man going around with that? Are you not clicking on? And the wall pictures that Julie had and all that, he'd work construction pictures, they were all the exact same. So he was doing their own, this lad. And in fairness, who I think he's from England, is it Julie? Is he English? He's English. So the like that fella. Is, yeah, and like that now I came onto Instagram straight away and I was like come here guys you never guess what just happened to me and I've got 150,000 people watching me so PJ through the chicks and the reels all these girls started messaging me and we're like Julie is this him and I was so so far as he said as Brenda said there like her own friend as well got caught I, I'd say there was about 10 or 11 girls messaging me and I was like is this him and I was like yeah that's him so he is he's doing the, he's doing the rounds the detective work, Brenda, I think that I'm fascinated here. You went on RIP.ie, Julie, mm, yeah. and you started looking, someone started looking at the Costa Coffee Cup. Yeah, oh, PJ, us women are better than an AFBI. You must yeah. realise it. Like, we we are unbelievable. We just can't have, we get a sniff of anything, we go do our detective work. Nice. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, just, you can just tell, like, you can just tell if they're true. There was another lad years ago, and yeah. he was going, I'll never forget it. He was, this is no, is at the very start of the catfishing, but anyway, it's a relative of mine, and he got totally loved up with this fella. He was going on, he had a surfboard, he couldn't see half of the face, and like, he looked unbelievable now. And I was kind of, what's the story here? But anyway, I got the brand of the surfboard, it was like Rip Curl or something like that. Wasn't he a model over in Los Angeles, and he was actually <laughs> saying he was from hospital in Limerick or somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, he, and, he, and his real you. face his real face was probably one you'd never tire of slapping do you know but this, <gasps> and then another this thing now right this is true and I know now in, do you know the way in radio we get the press releases of the sugar babies do you know the yeah. way yeah 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 and as well oh by, as a, by the way well done on your amazing Jane and our figures I'm thank absolutely you. delighted for you thank you so I remember even Emer and I we'd be like oh, I don't know if there's such a thing as a sugar baby at all you know what I mean is it just promoting the brand well, I, me and Julie, for our podcast, right, called Left on Red, you know, it's kind of like taking the mickey out of ourselves, like, that we all get left on red by men, right? You better explain what that means, though, before you go on to then. What does Left on well, Red mean? Left on Red means... As a fellow who hasn't dated in a while now, Brenda. Do you know what I mean? Right, okay. We'll say it's kind of, do you know, the two blue ticks, you know, listen, yes. what's that thing is another game changer as well when it comes to dating. It's dangerous. Right. That thing now would have you over the bend. I have all the tricks going with that WhatsApp, right? But anyway, it's kind of like you're messaging some lad and whatever, the conversation kind of like you, you were the last one to message and he just left you on red. It's kind of like he left me on red. Like it's kind of nearly he dumped you. Oh, you know, he's, no, it's, kind of, it's finished. You know, what did he reply? No, he left me on red. So we we are like me and Julie, like you'd know the two of us well. You know, we're not afraid to kind of make it an age of ourselves, let's just say, you know. Well, this but, is the thing. Neither of you are, neither of you are quiet, reserved people. <laughs> neither of <laughs> Right, so the thought that the two of you doing a podcast, I'm thinking like Vogue and your your one have sold out three nights at the Marquee. Where's your three nights? Well, we're the Aldi version of them, no, yeah. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we say. Yeah. So, so Julie, is it then pizza for one and a bottle of prosecco on Tuesday night for you or Wednesday night, whatever night is? 
um, I'd be at home with the kids, I'd say, on my own, and I'll be struggling putting them to bed like like every other night. And I once they go to sleep, then I'll be just watching Netflix with probably a cup of green tea because I'm on some sort of diet, and my 150th diet, so I'll just be here alone. Oh, come on, so, you cannot... <laughs> It's bad enough being at home on your own, I suppose. You cannot have green tea on Valentine's <laughs> night. I know, I know. Maybe myself and Brenda might record a podcast that evening and we'll have a bit of a crack together. How, I, how do you do it with you in Cork and she's in London? How do you... So we do it over Zoom at the moment. So some, some days I go into um, a studio in Cork. Otherwise we do it uh, from home. I have the podcast mic and Brenda has a podcast mic and we just record over Can't Zoom. What will you do Tuesday night, Brenda? And don't say working. I, I know you worked Christmas, don't oh, say... I know, I worked, yeah, I worked Christmas night and um, I worked, I was going to say boxing there, I need to be careful, no, not getting too English while I'm on the phone. Um, never going to yeah, happen, you're never going to happen. No, 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 but um, PJ again, no, I am off that day, strangely enough, but I still just genuinely be sitting here sipping coffee, watching Fouda. <laughs> oh, you're into Fouda! Oh, PJ, I'm having a relationship in my head with one of the actors. Doran, Omar, the new Doran. Fella. No, not Duran. Do you know that he's actually a real special agent in real life? Someone yes, me last he night. was a member of Mossad, yeah. PJ, I nearly blew up last night. No, Omar, I'm in a relationship with him in my head. Oh, you, isn't it a brilliant I'm show? Unbelievable. So I, I'm going to think I'm going to stick that and watch the rest of Happy Valley. But Peach, before we sign off, what we kind of want to let people know as well, you know the way when it hits, like I said in the last podcast, when it hits New Year's Eve, you're standing there and you're on, everyone's shifting around your 12 o'clock and second single again, or else again on Valentine's. Not for anyone to feel lonely. You know what? It's just these hallmark days, these two big occasions yeah, yeah. every year. Don't, like, you know, get yourself down. Like, you know what I mean? And I tell you this now, Peach, a lot of the time I see myself and Julie happier than some couples. So it's better to be, you know, happy and on your own than lonely it's, with someone. You know, it's probably better for the safety of mankind that you live in separate cities and separate countries. Because <laughs> the thoughts of the two of you out together on the day. Oh, yeah. well, we are going to Paris now for my birthday in two months. So look out the Parisian men. Oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah. De- and Detective Dinahy will check them all out as well. I'm telling you, Detective Dinahy and Superintendent Haynes. <laughs> I like that. That sounds like yeah. that sounds like season four of Happy Valley in the making. Yeah, there. yeah, Do you know? yeah. You don't tell me the spoiler about Happy Valley because I don't know. What no, it I is. don't know. Someone and we only started watching it the other night. Myself and the Queen Bee. We're only halfway through season one and loving it because we're big yeah. Sarah Lancashire fans. And that that woman can do anything. Yeah. She's brilliant. But She's some idiot decided to tell me my wife how it oh. finishes. No, that's and so I nice. stayed away from it. I don't even know. And I mean, I had to stay off. Like, I used to, I read the Daily Mail, Mail Online every day. I just like, stay off. Stay away from it. Stay away from it. Julie, so, would you go on a date in Cork if we found you one? Oh, I don't know. I just chat and see her there about that. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. She will. She will. She will. <laughs> now, Brenda, Brenda, we tried to get me on first dates and the late, late show and all. I said, I have to block you, Brenda. She well, you see, she did it. She did it all herself before that, didn't she? I did Miriam's show, but I said to Julie, I "Goes Julie, I have it. We're going to go on first dates together." Thinking she was well up for text of crowding first dates because I had the number. Your one won't go on at all. She's going to be convinced. Ah, no, 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 no. Well, I'll have to Well, ah, look, the 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 podcast is called Left on Red. Left yeah. on the, the Aldi version of my therapist ghosted me. Yes, I love yes, it. I love version. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, you know what? Love Island are looking for people in Ireland and in Cork. Would oh, you would you sign up? I'd just go there for the break, but I wouldn't be wearing a bikini. <laughs> then I'd then oh, no, no way I'd be going in a wetsuit. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to Majorca this year. I'm going to, back to my old beloved retirement home of Lanzarote, but... 
If I was going to Mallorca, I'd be looking for that villa. Oh, Pete, I'm actually going to try, not joking, I'd remind set my phone. I know the producer's name from Love Island here, and I've actually been emailing him. So hopefully I'm going to try and work on it. Fingers crossed. What, for you That's or Julie? Goal. For me to work on it, and sure, you're one to work on it. Fling her in. Yeah, to, I'm friends with a good few people who've worked on it before, and they told me all the inside scoop on what happens. Right. Mm. Well, when it so comes back on, you're going to have to tell me what's happening. I hope I will be in Mallorca, let's just say. I hope. Now, that's my next goal, to walk the summer. And yeah, and if so, I'll be your little correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's, uh, it, you've, you've brightened up a dull old Friday, the two oh. of you. Well, Is it bad with is it bad weather at home, no? No, it's kind of... I'm looking out at it now. You know the way it is, Brenda. You can't yes. see the airport. Oh, yeah, yeah, gotcha. It's dry, but you can't anyway. see the airport, you know? Yeah, well. it's sad. I tell you, some difference... I'm not being one of these ones now who went away and had notion, but some difference in the weather in London compared to home. Some How is it now seat. today? Stunning and beautiful, around two degrees. But a quick one there for you before you go, right, go if you can. I know you were talking about money there. Before I actually um, spoke to you, I was raging to AIB on the phone... I got my car got blocked over here and it's happened several times where I'm getting no warnings, my Irish card. So I was mm-hmm. trying to buy a bag of sweet potato fries for two pounds inside the co-op and I was blocked and I had to walk out without my chips. Oh, no. That's not So on. this is happening as well. You should ask people, actually put it out there, does it happen anyone else as well? Because I know it happens to someone in Spain. Like, you might get the AIB warning, whatever, but yeah. I got absolute no warning. No. So what ha- what happened to me in Spain one time, lads? Before that, you go, what happened to me once, in, in, and it reminded me the banks are kind of watching for you, to be fair to them. I remember flying home from holidays one morning, and we had an early start, so we had a bite of breakfast in the resort, and then got the taxi to the airport and came home. And that night, I was supposed to meet a pal of mine in Douglas for a couple of points, and I went to the ATM, and the card wouldn't work, and I'd only just been paid. Yeah. And I thought, what the hell? But they said, um, yeah. you tried to use the card in two countries in one day so they are kind of watching hey we listen we could stay talking until 12 to you both have a happy Valentine's Day however you, you choose too, to spend please. it alright and, and well you too Peter for cheers you. and don't give me any fouder spoilers I won't no alright the Brenda Dennehy uh, formerly of this parish now producing TV in London and living the life and delighted for her and Julie Haynes from Twins and Me who has this enormous following on Instagram and they've They've, not only have they become friends, but they've got a podcast together called Left on Red. The Aldi version of my therapist ghosted me. That was fun. On, on the gender-neutral future of God, such as some people are thinking. Hi, PJ. So are we going to get rid of amen now as well? You know, the last word in most prayers, just because the word men is in it? Oh, and another thing, when are they going to get rid of the word woman? Because it has man in it. Or lady, because lad is in it. It's a load of flipping rubbish, says Anne. Well, actually on the subject of the word woman, my wife wouldn't be too adverse to getting rid of the word woman, although she has an explanation as to why it is woman. And I'd say, why, love? Because, well, every man causes women woe. And I'm thinking, okay. The world has gone mad. In the Bible, God is known as Jesus' father, says Stacy. Or Stacy, yeah, Jesus is the son of God. Yeah. Johnny has the final word. You're right, Johnny. You're sore. Johnny in Cantork has it. You see, some people just get it. Johnny in Cantork says God is a DJ. 
So before 11, Samantha uh, called us in a desperate state. Desperate state altogether because they have a baby shower organised for tonight with 15 plus, maybe 20 women. Her daughter is due to have a baby on the 6th of May and they're having the shower tonight. And yesterday the venue contacted Samantha and said, listen, we've got a, a burst pipe and unfortunately there's nothing we can do and, 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 you know, yourself. And Samantha had spent the last 12, 24 hours trying to find somewhere. I'll come back to her in a second because I think we have some news. In fact, I know we have some news for Samantha. But just on the watch, we were talking earlier on this morning about Mangan's clock, talking to Philip down at, at uh, Stokes about the, the slitter that they found in Mangan's clock. And if it's your slitter, you can have it back or else they're going to put it in a glass case in the window, which I think is the funniest story of the day. But then someone was on to us about an old Seiko watch that they have that used to belong to their dad and it used to have a battery in it and they took it into Keynes to see could Keynes get it going and Keynes said look it, it's it will be very very difficult it's kind of at the end of its life and they reached out to us to see can anybody do anything with it and we got a few suggestions I, I suggest contacting Seiko Ireland says this message um, I had a 35 year old Seiko they serviced it for me. It was a specialist diving watch. It cost 80 euro, a great price. And I also had a specialist Casio watch, which was serviced by the jewellers in Wilton. Uh, but the Seiko, if you want contact, service at Seiko, S-E-I-K-O dot I-E. Service at S-E-I-K-O dot I-E. That's the advice for our correspondent from earlier. The watchmaker, the famous BBC watchmaker, is a man called Stephen Fletcher. And you'll find him on the web, and he knows how to repair watches. We're told about this place on Magazine Road, the clock shop. They do them. Um, old Seiko watches. It's, it's, and it's a clock face. It's not digital. So maybe some hope there for the owner of that old Seiko watch, which they would like to get going again so they can give it to their brother. There's a shop in Oliver Plunkett Street that repairs and restores clocks and watches. O'Sullivan Brothers on the first floor. Oh, God, is that still there? Is that still there? I remember that little place going up there when I was a boy. Yeah. 0818 Couple of things on scams as well. I'll come back to them. But Sam, Samantha, I think you have news. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> well, no. And on the other line, on the other line, uh-huh. I have John from, John O'Hurley from Brian Dillon's Hurlingham Football Club. Brian, you heard the call. Yeah, morning, PJ. How are you doing, John? Good, thank you. Good. You, you can you can help here. We can. Um, luckily, we have nothing on tonight, so we're available and we're ready to look after Samantha and our friends. That's absolutely fantastic. I tell you, John, you're saying really, really. There's no one can wipe the smile off my face right now. Because you have been ecstatic. I really, really am. Like it's like it's a pressure. Just it's everything lifted off my shoulders to get me. Before you rang me, Sam, you had been oh. ringing and driving. Oh, it never ended, boy. It never ended. Like last night, I was coming home very late last night with young kids in the car. Um, I'd come out all day long, just sitting in the car, going from pub to pub. Venue to venue, and I was getting nowhere. Um, and they like we were just giving up, you know, we were kind of giving up. And, yeah. and then I was saying, No, why should I give up? Do you know, 
Yeah. Like it's her special day. Like everything is done. Like we're down loads of money now and. Yeah. Like, well, you've got you know, the you've got the like balloons, you got the cakes, you got everything, and and yeah, yeah, and, and John, and you have music, like. you have music as well. And John, you have nothing on yeah. I haven't been, I haven't played in in Brian Dillon's for many years. I played up there a few times for the late great Ted Dunn. Haven't been there in a while, but I believe you have a lovely place up there now, John. We do. We we, we spent all the money and, and spent a lot of uh, man hours and voluntary, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, doing the place up ourselves, and you know, it actually, uh, PJ, you might know the, the DJ. Paul Twig. I know he's Paul. The, yeah, he's the chairman of the club now. Ah, for goodness sake. Yeah. Small yeah, world. So, Small exactly, world. Exactly. So look, what, what really hit home for me was when Samantha said to me that she hasn't met her friends now since COVID. Yeah. So, yeah. so look, it's nice to get people together and people get back out and about. You okay. Know, so. okay. Well, you know, when, when people are saying to support your local business and, and support your local club, there's John, uh, there's Brian Dillon's uh, fronting up when, when someone needs them. Thank you so much to everyone at the club. And give my regards to Paul. I haven't seen Paul in a long time. Paul Tuig, the resident DJ at Brian Dillon's. And you have your own. Thank you, John. You have your own music Thank tonight, Sam. Thank you so Sam. much, John. Thanks, and I'll see you later. Good, good. You have your own m- music tonight. I have my own music now tonight. Laura Carey is the singer. Oh, brilliant. Uh, she's, well, she's well known in Cork's actually a cousin of mine. I know Laura uh, from my karaoke fantastic. days. Yeah, she's fab. She's fantastic. I didn't know so she was still I doing it. I anybody else know, but Laura is absolutely fantastic. I, I didn't know she was still singing, Sam. She does, she does, yeah, yeah. She, she gave it up for a while. Yeah. But um, she couldn't let it go. She's too good. God, I remember, I remember doing it. So look, we're, we're going to have a great night now, all the girls Fantastic. Together. I remember doing a summer and season out in Halley's Young That's Longo. all that matters now. I remember doing a summer season out in Halley's long ago with, with, with Anne-Marie. We had a, a karaoke going there on Friday nights and Laura would always, always come along and do a song. Always come along Fabulous. and have to sing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant, Happy brilliant. Days. Ha- Happy what, what, days. What's your daughter's name, by the way? My daughter's name is Dina. Have you told her? She's there. She's running around the house now with the minute. Could I talk to her for a second? It's Dina. Just wait there now. You know what now? Dana's in the shower. She's in the shower. <laughs> I just crazed out there. She's in the shower getting ready, running out to get the hair and makeup done. All right, all right. Well, listen, right. you guys have an absolute Well, look, Dana, ball. we'll thank them all when we come up ourselves later. And guys, I can't thank you enough. I tell you, you really are number one yeah, uh, for what you're after doing for us. Like, just, I'll never forget it. As I said an hour ago, it wasn't you asking anymore. It was me asking. And and someone always comes good. And It does. Brian Dillon's, that's fantastic. It and does, it's a and long time since I was up there, but a great place. One. I'll never forget it. I won't. I'll never forget it. That's just brilliant. What I'm you del- give out, you get, to, you get ten times back by, isn't it? Have, have a lovely night. Have I a will wonderful night. And thanks so much for everything. Not at all. And John, we'll see you later on, all right? All right, take care. Cheers, Samantha, and thanks to John at Brian Dillon's. We can't sort everything out, but when we can sort something out, isn't it great? 0818 96 96 96. Just on scams, talking to poor Breda earlier on this morning. Breda got a text. Watch this. If you missed it, we'll podcast it. We got... Breda got a text message from her bank this morning to say that there'd been suspicious activity on her on her um, account and she rang up to discover that someone had taken 12 grand or more than 12 grand out of her account overnight and then she remembered that yesterday she got a text supposed to be from the HSE 
saying that she was a close contact to a positive COVID case and she needed testing kits and she needed to pay three ninety five to buy them. And here's a link and click on the link and give us your information. And within a minute and a half of her doing that, and supposedly paying her three ninety five, she was done out of over twelve grand. Now hopefully the bank will sort it for her and hopefully she'll get it all back. But she called us this morning just to let people know that it's happening and that that HSE close contact scam is still out there. And it's a sneaky little one because people think that COVID is done and people think that it's all over now and there's no more close contact concern or whatever. But you get one and you think, oh God, and they say 395 now for a bunch of kids. Well, first of all, from the last time we'd COVID in the house, I have enough kits in my house to, to, to open my own pharmacy and they didn't cost me a cent because they come straight from the HSE and they don't charge. But people forget that. So be wary of that. That text, that scam purporting to come from the HSE, and it's a complete scam. Don't pay anybody for testing kits. Brita got caught. Hopefully she'll get sorted out. She said she'd come back to us when she is and she'll tell us more. 0818969696. Is there anything else? I was in a small village called Kinnity in Offaly and a few of the businesses would only take cash and I thought that was very cool, as usually it's the other way around. Places are card only. The drink in the pub that took cash also was only a fiver. So by paying in cash, you were getting better value. Yeah. On the slitter. Morning, PJ. Just on the story of the slitter being found in the, ma- in the Mangan's clock, it really is time the cork hurlers won something. Oh, come on, Andrew. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 